2: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry with my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us courtesy of the Progressive Insurance app when it comes to the ESPN app, Series X Channel 80, and always through your smart speaker They'll play ESPN Radio. Not even 10 minutes away from your phone calls on which loss was worse, the Eagles lost on Monday Night Football to the Seattle Seahawks, or the Cowboys' bloodletting courtesy to Buffalo Bills on Sunday. We'll take your calls in about 10 minutes on the Dr. Pepper call online which loss was worse at 888 say espn 8887293776. 888-729-3776. Chad believes it's the Eagles. I believe it's the Cowboys. We'll hear what say you in 10 minutes at 888-729-3776. And speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, despite what happened to them up in the great white north known as Buffalo, New York, where they did not have a chance to win that game pretty much early on from Buffalo's first possession, That doesn't mean that Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, has lost any kind of faith, any kind of belief, any kind of trust. He said as much on his radio show on 105.3 The Fan on Tuesday.
2: If you don't like where you are, you got to change. And uh, we need to, uh, obviously, uh, we need to not only get in the playoffs, we need to win games in the playoffs. And I'm not being tried here. that, sh- that should be a burning desire and is a burning desire in this team and in our franchise well he's been to three uh, uh, coach three playoff teams in a, in a row I think he's done an outstanding job uh, I think uh, uh, the fact that he's your offensive coordinator as well as your head coach puts him in uh, as high uh, or higher stead than when he was uh, the walk around coach, all of those things are positive. I frankly said to the staff yesterday, You got us in this spot to be as disappointed as we are about the Buffalo spot, about the Buffalo deal and our loss theory. It's your fault because you all have done such a great job this year getting our team to where we, our fans, everybody have the expectations that we have.
1: Okay, usually when Jerry Jones says something, anything, oh God, why is he saying that? Please don't say that. Jerry Jones, stop talking because that's been more the problem than a solution. He was spot on calling them out. That is the first time I've ever heard Jerry Jones say, this is your fault. There's nobody else to blame but you guys. Coach, player, trainer, water boy, you name it. He called out everybody. That's something Jerry Jones doesn't like to do, has not done. Normally that's part of the problem. The first part of him, he said, like, expect them to make a deep playoff run. But then he said, we're going to do that. You guys can't let this nonsense happen again. It was like the yin and yang of Jerry Jones, Chad, within one minute, what we heard from him on his radio show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas.
3: Now, he did, after trying to say, it was, you know, it's you guys' fault because you guys have done such a great job this year. So it was his nice way of giving a kind of a backhanded compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your fault that everyone's so disappointed and crushed because you guys have performed so well. And he's even said the best part of this year's Dallas Cowboy team is the coaching staff. And so it's going to be interesting uh, with Mike McCarthy. Does he get an extension? Those kinds of of, of things. And will he be singing this same tune, Jerry Mm -hmm. Jones, if the Cowboys do not Mm -hmm. make that deep playoff run and they go to the playoffs now four years in a row and don't win a playoff game?
1: He's easily seduced, and here's what I mean by that. After all what he had a chance, to your point, Chad, what he saw from his football team and that winning streak, the way they were playing at home, the way they were dominating teams, the way that Dak Prescott was playing like that, man, that was a seduction. That was a seduction he did not want to ignore. And he is not going to let what happened in Buffalo get in the way of that seduction when you have not won a championship as an owner since 1996. Any kind of catnip, you're like, "Mm, mm, 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 I'll take some of that, please. When it comes to Jerry Jones, when you've seen other organizations, think about the last time they won a championship. The Patriots won six in that time. The Steelers won two in that time. The 49ers won won, won two in that time. Came close to winning three. Kansas City has won two in that time. Hell, Tampa Bay has won one in that time when Tom Brady went down there. It has to drive him literally, literally sick know that you have an organization chad you have a team that anytime your team is on tv they dominate the ratings they dominate the money and yet people say yeah you got all that money and all that ratings and you ain't got a championship to show for it jerry jones is tired of being that joke when it comes to a very expensive joke and his team being a team but not a championship team and any kind of seduction just hasn't just chawing and chawing and trying to say yeah please let me get this one time. This way I can say we did it without Jimmy Johnson, and we did it my way.
3: Sometimes it's hard for me to criticize the Dallas Cowboys for mm-hmm. their lack of championships because you know who they beat to win that championship.
1: I didn't want to point that out. I figured I'd just leave. Yes, yes.
3: That was mm-hmm. my Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. I didn't want yes. to bring that up. Yeah. so I, 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 I
1: didn't want to name it or claim it. That's all.
3: I stood there <laughs> on that field at Sun Devil Stadium. Mm-hmm because that's how long ago it was. We played at the stadium where the Arizona State Sun Devils played. That's where Super Bowl was actually played, Mm -hmm. if you want to believe that. I stood there on the edge of that field, and I watched those Cowboys celebrate. I watched them bring out the podiums. Mm -hmm. I watched the confetti cannons. And I was like, I'll be back. I vow. I will be back. I will win (laughs) this thing. I will be back. (laughs) I chased that thing for 15 years. I am still... (laughs) <laughs> Without a Super Bowl championship ring, I got a Super Bowl loser ring. Okay, I got an AFC championship ring. There's a Super Bowl loser ring. I we got one that year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And guess what? It's silver, Freddie. Really? And you go. I, I, I think there's one diamond, not not 67 diamonds like they put them nowadays. One okay. diamond. And it is silver. So it's really, also, it's not. A, it's not technically a Super Bowl loser ring. It doesn't say Super Bowl loser on the side. Okay. It, it highlights the AFC Championship. Okay. But if you get an AFC Championship ring, that means you've lost the Super Bowl to an NFC team. That's what it. that means.
1: Okay. Either way, I did not know that. I mean, I didn't know they gave out AFC Championship rings. Or AFC I did not know that rings. either.
3: I did not know that either. Wow. And then I went to the New England Patriots, and then we lost the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. Uh huh. And we did not get a Championship ring for that one because that was the expectation within that organization was to win Championships. Right. So, uh, yeah, every time we talk about the Cowboys, sometimes it feels a little disingenuous for me to uh-huh. like, yeah, it's been a long time since they won one. Well, <laughs> where's your ring, Chad? Where's your championship to speak of? You got a high school championship. You were a national champion in college. Wow. You coached your son's Pop Warner teams to state championships. Mm-hmm. You got invited to Disneyland. <laughs> but where's your Super Bowl ring? I ain't got one. Which one hurt worse, Pittsburgh or New England's? Ah, uh, Pittsburgh, okay. Pittsburgh, because uh, we were the underdog and we had sold ourselves in that locker room that we were going to shock the world. Uh huh. And we were on our way. We got the onside kick. Everything yep. was going our direction. Mm-hmm. Two Neil O'Donnell interceptions later, mm-hmm. the Cowboys are standing on the podium and the confetti cannons are going off. And I'm at the edge of the field. I'll be back. I'm going to win this thing. You'll see. <laughs> You'll, I'll show everybody. I'm Chad Brown. I win championships everywhere I go. <laughs> Uh no <laughs> nope I do not apparently
1: <laughs> I'm not laughing at you or with you I, I I think our minds are still blown between me Cam Usery and Devin Kane our two producers behind the glass I think our minds are still blown That's an AFC and NFC championship ring <laughs> crazy Seriously, right it is
3: because it, it it's there's no other way to put it than it is a Super Bowl loser ring right. so, so so where is it where is this
1: ring where are these two rings
3: uh the rings are in a, my closet in- and. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn any of those rings out publicly. Really? I got it. I tried it on. I put it into a shelf. Okay. I've moved a couple times since then, so it has been transferred. And as I open up the box, so I'll take it, I'll put it on, I'll put it right back in the box. Okay. What, what 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 pride do you have in a Super Bowl loser ring? Oh, you get to tell <laughs> the story of how you lost the Super Bowl. Man. Congratulations.
1: Man, the things you find out on Freddie and Harry, courtesy of Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas – I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. But my mind is still blown by this whole conversation. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable, so get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. So bundle and save, whether you have a ring or not, at Progressive.com.
2: He's got both feet in,
0: and that's going to be the ballgame, and this is a bitter defeat. Once again, the defense let them down. The defense gave up too many big plays, and a quarterback, a backup quarterback, Drew Locke, who is not on the level of Geno Smith. You know, we
2: had multiple opportunities in the game to, to open it up, and, and, we, and we didn't do that. I didn't do that. got to be better. We have to have the right answers you know, as coaches to put the guys in positions to succeed.
1: So now you have both of these teams, meaning the Eagles and the Cowboys, in a tie for first place in the NFC East. As of right now, Dallas has that quote-unquote tiebreaker advantage. But if the Eagles win out, they'll be able to win the NFC East and probably be the second seed. Their schedules as remaining. Dolphins are at Miami this weekend, home versus Detroit at the Washington Commanders. The Eagles, home versus the Giants, home versus the Cardinals, then at the New York Giants. Both of these teams lost over the weekend. Chad Brown believes the Eagles' loss to Seattle Seahawks was worse because, in fact, they're still trying to find their way and their schedule is easy. You had a chance to put space between you and Dallas. I believe the Cowboys' loss was worse because Micah Parsons, on his podcast, The Edge with Micah Parsons, he does what a lot of Cowboys do when they don't win games that they believe they should have. They just start whining and blaming other people. What
4: I understand is, like, everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts who somehow got jobs on tv saying there goes your boy like it's almost to the point where it's like almost sick that they're waiting for another former players are waiting for other current players to fail so that way they have something to talk about it's like oh there he is that's the person we've been waiting for and it's like Why do you want a person to lose so bad? It seems that a lot of people are just waiting for people to fail.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from the Dallas Cowboys when things have not gone their way, not just from the players, not just the owners, but even fans of the Cowboys. So which was worse? Cowboys losing to the Bills on Sunday, or the Eagles losing to the Seahawks on Monday night. Let's hear from you at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Thanks for joining us on the Doctor Pepper Calling Line. When it comes to Rick in Hawaii, Rick, which was worse, Cowboys losing the Bills on Sunday or the Eagles losing the Seahawks on Monday, and why?
5: Well, good afternoon, gentlemen, and afternoon. mele kalikimaka to you.
1: <laughs> Back to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
5: um,
0: you guys are talking about which was the worst loss. I'm a Giants fan. I thought they were both wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> well done. That, Interesting that being, perspective. That being said, right. okay, um, it, it would, at first look, it looks like the Eagles was the worst loss because uh, we know the Cowboys have a hard time on the road. The Eagles were in that flux period. But when you look at the schedule, the Eagles have the Giants, the Cardinals, and Giants. In those two Giants games, they can roll out Bergen high and take those games. They're going to end up 14-3. and three. If the Cowboys don't win that division, they got to go on the road, and that's not going to go well for them.
1: The only thing I can say the Cowboys, in my opinion, going on the road is that they'll probably face the NFC South champion. You would think whoever comes out of that division, whether it's the Saints, the Buccaneers, I'm not putting Harry Douglas' Falcons in that mix. They ain't getting out of that. But whoever wins that. That may not be a bad road place to get right, knowing that you're playing a team that is not as good, Chad, as anybody you would probably face all season. When it comes to Cowboys, whether they played at home or played on the road.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think for both these teams, for the Eagles and, and for the Cowboys, um, you know, playoff matchups, whatever. Who knows what's going to happen down the road? But you got to find a way to finish this this season strong, and both these teams have had enough issues mm-hmm. that there's opportunities last three games obviously the cowboys face a much tougher road than the eagles do to get these things cleaned up you don't want to limp into the playoffs you want to go yes. into playoffs with some swagger and some confidence so there's three games left for both these teams um, and if they both went out i think it comes down to strength of victory as mm-hmm. to who will win the division uh, obviously, the Cowboys have a much diff- much more difficult road to win out, um, so it certainly favors the Eagles to win this division. But whether you're you know first or second in this division, I think that's immaterial to w- how well you are playing at the end of the season. Um, and uh, they've got to find a way to get some things cleaned up, both of them do, to have the, a chance to have a deep playoff run.
1: Yeah, especially you're the Cowboys. you got to find a way to clean up that running game. That could be more of a quote-unquote easier fix than the Eagles trying to recommit and refocus after losing the last three games in a row we shall see Dennis dennison san antonio which loss was worse the eagles losing to seattle on monday or the cowboys losing to buffalo on sunday and why
4: it was worse for both of them
1: okay all right
4: you you play seattle you let drew lock go 92, mi- 92 miles 92 yards in less than two minutes you have one sack in six games Uh, they're in trouble. The only thing is they don't have any games left to play uh, that are going to not be too hard to win. And on the other side, Dallas, you're letting them get between four and eight yards on first down running. It's very easy to play football when you're getting four and eight yards running. They've been exposed. And they're going to lose one or two games. They're going to be on the road. Detroit and San Francisco are smiling big time today.
1: Well, the 49ers are smiling, period, because right now they're the best team in the National Football League. But, Dennis, your point is valid about that Cowboys running game because the Eagles have talked about and what we've heard about recommitting things that weren't working but you were winning, and you made the great point last hour, and you said, yeah, guys don't pay as much attention. Say, hey, coach, we're winning. Coach, we're good. Coach, stop worrying because we're 10-1. We're going to find a way to win. Then when you don't do that, all of a sudden, guys are going to pay more attention. With the Cowboys – Guys have been paying attention. They just got whooped at the line of scrimmage. Now it's on the coaching staff to make sure that Miami doesn't do to them what Buffalo did or that Detroit does not do to them what Buffalo did. And at times what Seattle did, Chad, because that Cowboys team, they know those teams are going to run the football. And both of those teams, the Lions with their offensive line and Miami with their speed, have the personnel to make that hurt against the Cowboys' lack of run defense.
3: We've all met people who've got a, a a part of their life that's maybe out of control, and then you, we get the chance to know this person. You realize, oh, that's a thread that runs all throughout your life. This mm-hmm. is this is kind of who you are, and it shows up in in various circumstances. I see it because I'm I, I work with you, but I'm sure in your personal life and all these other places it, sure. it shows up. In the NFL, it's a similar thing. Once people get once a teams get a chance to see your flaws, unless you fix them, that's all you're going to see for the next four or four or five weeks until you get it figured out. So these issues that are showing up for these teams, yeah, everyone's going to press it. You got line of scrimmage issues? Well, yep, the Dolphins are going to try to test those line of scrimmage issues for you. Uh, So you got to get that stuff cleaned up. Otherwise, that is all you'll see. The game plan will simply be a repeat of what you saw last week. And it's going to feel the same unless you have found a way to shore up and clean up these concerns. Uh, it's, it's a constant thing in the NFL. You put something bad on tape, mm-hmm. trust me. Wow. You will see it again until you stop it.
1: Shane in Texas, thanks for calling Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Shane, which loss is worse, Cowboys on Sunday to Buffalo or the Eagles last night to Seattle and why?
4: How y'all doing, guys? Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, Sam. Thank you. I appreciate
4: um, that. I'm gonna, yes, sir. I'm going to go with the Eagles, and there's a lot of great points made, and I was going to make the same points about you know, uh, the Cowboys having to go on the road and the Eagles could have been in a better position to clinch the division in the next couple of weeks. But I'm going to take a different angle since those have already been said. I'm going to look at it from how they lost. I say the Eagles is a worse loss because of how they lost. The Cowboys were on a lot of momentum. They had just beaten the Eagles. They go into Buffalo. They have a bad loss. They did not look good. That happens in the NFL. We see it all the time. The Eagles were down. They lost two in a row going into Monday night. They just saw the Cowboys lose in a bad way. They could have taken advantage of that, beat the Seattle Seahawks, got back on track, beat the Giants twice. And then they clinch a division, force the Cowboys to go on the road, but instead they have a very bad loss where they drive down at the end and on a you know, a great pass, but they lose in the end. Emotionally, that is a worse loss as a team because now they're questioning themselves who they are, what what they need to find themselves. And I think from a standpoint of worse loss, I just feel that's a worse loss in my opinion.
3: I'm wishing here, Freddie, I'm absolutely wishing. The 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 psychology effect of trying to rebound from three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. You're full of doubt. You're full of concern. You're full of, of uncertainty how to move forward versus the Cowboys with the Bills loss. Yeah, we, we lost. They got us up front. We got some great coaches. They'll scheme up some stuff. We'll be right. better. We'll put it put out a better effort on the field mm-hmm. next week versus that lost feeling that Jalen Hurts didn't say they were lost, right. but that's what he was communicating to me as he was searching for the right words and the right comments to, in his post-game uh, presser there. The, they're, they're feeling lost as to why this is happening.
1: DMACC and Charlotte, one last one. Which was worse in terms of a loss, Eagles losing to Seattle on Monday night or the Cowboys losing on Sunday night to the Buffalo Bills and why, Mac?
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, first and foremost, I just want to give you guys your flowers, Freddie. I heard it's your birthday, man. Happy yes. birthday! And God bless you. Thank, God bless um, you yeah. for that,
1: D Mac. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate that. You're
5: welcome. And and I'm a long time Steelers fan, so shout out to you nine four uh, Chad. I appreciate everything you did nice. for the Steel City, man. Nice. Thank um, you.
3: Appreciate that.
5: In regards to the in regards to the loss, man, I understand that the Eagles had three straight losses and it looked bad. Um, but you got to understand, these guys came in and lost both of their coordinators, um, in the season. Their quarterback wasn't feeling well. They flew cross country to play in Seattle. Chad knows how hard it is to win in Seattle, no matter who the quarterback was. So you kind of cannot kind of understand that. But with the Cowboys, they got beat up up and down that field. And the running back for the Bills had more rushing yards than total yards for the entire cowboys and anybody that follows the nfl knows the narrative that the cowboys have which is not only not being able to go on the road but not being able to beat um good teams and if you listen to deck and micah in their uh post-game interviews both of them brought up uh about how they're just a different team on the road and with the with the schedule's that, they're, that both teams have going into the rest of the year, it looks like Cowboys are going to have to go on the road. And, yes, mm-hmm. they might have to play an NFC South team first, but they're going to end up having to play a good team on the road. And then the last thing is this next game against Miami, people always talk about Tyreek Hill on Waddle, but Mozart, I believe the guy's name is the running back, is a beast. Yes, so is. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off this week against the Cowboys as well. And if they have another game where they get run up and down the field um, by a running back, then they're really going to be uh, questioning themselves even more than what the uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are.
1: Because we know Miami will pound that rock with Raheem Mostert, And he's the kind of guy that if he gets even, he's leaving. He's one of the fastest guys in the National Football League, Chad. That's going to be interesting. Even though Miami blocks it differently, Buffalo's more man-push-you-away. Miami's more of a zone-blocking team like the 49ers are that doesn't mean they can't make things physical against a Cowboys' run defense that's been shoddy at best.
3: Mike McDaniels, when he was with the 49ers, he was the run game, game coordinator. coordinator before he became offensive <laughs> coordinator. <laughs> so a lot of the very creative runs that we see the Dolphins and the 49ers do mm-hmm. are directly you know, made and drawn up and schemed up by Mike McDaniels. So if you are a team that is vulnerable to the run, Mike McDaniels has studied that, has watched it, and has a repertoire of plays in his playbook that he can use to exploit that very thing. So Mike McDaniels and Dan Quinn, that battle is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out from a schematic standpoint, as well as on the field how well those players are able to execute. But the speed at which the Dolphins play football, not just Tyreek Hill throwing the ball, but run the ball as well, It's almost impossible to replicate that in practice. So that's going to be probably the most difficult part for the Dallas Cowboys is, okay, we've watched their runs. We see how they do it. We see they insert the tight end here and they do the fullback there. We see all this creativity. But there's no way to replicate that speed in practice to show these guys what they're actually going to look like on the field.
1: Great stuff by Chad Brown. and for Harry Douglas, join me, Freddie Coleman. and Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We'll ask an FOS friend of the show about how in NFC East is going to play out and which loss is worse, the Cowboys on Sunday to the Bills or the Eagles on Monday to the Seahawks. He joins us next.
5: Go to your happy place
2: For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
3: The Freddie and Harry Podcast
1: He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Always great to bring in an FOS friend of the show. That is Bill Bronwell. ESPN NFL writer, writes great articles on ESPN.com. It's great when he's on TV. And don't forget about the Bill Bronwell Show podcast and hit him on Twitter anytime you want at Bill Bronwell. Bill, I'll start this conversation with this and I can't wait to get your answer. Which loss was worse and why, between the Cowboys losing to the Bills on Sunday night or the Eagles losing to the Seahawks on Monday night?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I I will say the Cowboys because, to me, it told us something new. The Cowboys had been dominant, really, for two months. Admittedly not against the toughest competition, but they had got out and blown out the Eagles the prior week, and they got stomped against the Bills, whereas the Eagles— we kind of saw the same problems we'd been seeing for three or four weeks or even longer, depending on, on how you view their issues on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think for the Cowboys, we kinda of had this thought in our head a lot of us of hey, maybe this is a different team, you know, maybe they're not the sort of team where if you get out to an early lead against them, they're not gonna crumble, they're not gonna be one dimensional. But Bills kind of showed that's still gonna be the case. So I think it told us more about the Cowboys than the Eagles loss told us about Philadelphia.
3: All right, Bill, you talked about the Eagles' issues, particularly defensively. Now they've got three straight losses. What is going on with that Eagles football team on both sides of the ball?
0: Yeah, it's complicated. You know, on defense, you look at the the changes they had this offseason that were enforced by Jalen Hurts getting a much bigger contract, which, of course, Jalen Hurts deserved, but he had to make some cutbacks. So they lose two starting linebackers, two starting safeties. Avante Maddox, their slot corner, gets hurt. Their pass rush is taking a step backwards. It's not as dominant as it was a year ago. And they're weak in coverage. So we're seeing a lot of teams when you don't get pressure on them, they're finding those holes. Uh, linebacker, they're finding the holes in the spot at safety. They're hitting them over the middle of the field. Then, when the Eagles man up, play a one on one on the outside. We saw game winning drive last night. You know, Drew Locke was able to find DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jig were two of the big plays on that final drive. So, it feels like the Eagles don't have an identity on defense when you, of course, you fire your or, or demote your coach, mm-hmm. your coordinator in December and hire Matt Patricia. They're not going to have an identity because you're still trying to figure that out. Um, And then I think on offense, you know, they're they're a team that it feels so dependent for them on Jalen Hurts making magic happen. It feels like he has to create out of structure, he has to create on the ground, he has to create with the tush push. You know, it doesn't feel like they have consistent answers for what they want to do on offense. And that's the biggest difference for me between last year and this year on the offensive side of the ball. It feels like really on both sides of the ball, their identity has been damaged and dented by what's happened over the past few weeks.
1: Great stuff Bill Barnwell, an FOS friend of the show, ESPN NFL writer, and host of the Bill Barnwell Show podcast, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You wrote a great article yesterday on ESPN.com where you fixed the NFL's most disappointing teams, which brings us to the New York Jets. We heard from their quarterback Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show today. He says he does not plan on playing in
4: 2023. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but... Fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and, uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100 uh, percent healed is just uh, not realistic
1: at, uh, at 14 weeks. So in the words of Kramer from Seinfeld, it was one big tease from Aaron Rodgers about coming back in 20 in 2023 <laughs> when it came to all that speculation. But now that he's not, how do you fix the jest to make sure he does not go through this in 2024?
0: going to be tough. I mean, they have to make major changes. They have to fix the offensive line, first and foremost. I know that Jets fans are going to sit here and say we would have been fine with Aaron Rodgers, but what's happened around Zach Wilson shows us that's not true. The offensive line is a mess. They have one good receiver in Garrett Wilson. Breeze Hall is a really talented player, but he's, he wasn't 100% this year. They didn't have a running game. They have to fix the offensive line, and then they have to bring in a second receiver to play alongside Garrett Wilson. Maybe that could be Devontae Adams if they play their cards right and make a trade with the Raiders for a guy the Raiders aren't going to be using next year, but the the Jets need to supplement their roster. And I think you have to ask questions about Nathaniel Hackett, a guy who has not had success as a play card around the NFL, whose primary quality to the Jets is seemingly being friends with Aaron Rodgers. And um, I think they're going to have to take a hard stance and say, okay, maybe we need to bring in someone who has a better track record of success uh, at play calling, who has a more creative offensive structure to get Garrett Wilson opportunities because the reality is even though we're hoping for more Aaron Rodgers than we saw this season when he got hurt week one, we can't guarantee he's 40 years old. There's no no way we can be sure he's going to play all 17 games in 2024. So the Jets have to prepare for a scenario where it's not Aaron Rodgers making magic happen, but them winning without Aaron Rodgers for part of the year next year as well.
3: All right, Bill. The, the Bills got the big win against the Cowboys on Sunday. But what chance do you give them as they head into the playoffs, getting a deep playoff run going?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really legitimate question. And I think, It's going to come down to how Josh Allen is able to avoid mistakes. And, you know, I I, I really like I I think we on the outside make these sort of distinctions about Josh Allen. Like, oh, he's not going to run or, oh, like he's going to be smarter with the football. I, I really don't think Josh Allen is any different from week to week or game to game. I think he's the same guy. And he just gets different results. If there's not a window for him to scramble, maybe he doesn't scramble that week. If they, maybe they call an extra designed run or two here or there. But like Josh Allen is going to be Josh. He's still going to put the ball in, situa- in in places where he thinks he can fit the football. Sometimes he's going to be right and he's going to look incredible. And sometimes he's not going to be right. And it might lead to a tip pass, might lead to an interception. And to me, I think the question with Josh Allen is we know – what his upside is we know what he's capable of doing but can he be right time after time decision after decision tight window throw after tight window throw for four games all of which may be on the road so I I I think the Bills are a scary team I think they're much better than people were talking about three weeks ago when they were six and six I, I think the offense was not broken I just think they play a very high variance high-risk, high-reward style of offense. And that's always going to be the case when you have a guy like Josh Allen, at quarterback, for better and for worse.
1: Bill Bonwell from the Bill Bonwell Show podcast, ESPN NFL writer, joining Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We got those Baltimore Ravens. Injury-free in terms of relatively what we used to see from this team this time of year. When it comes to Baltimore Ravens, their quarterback playing at an MVP level. What else are you seeing from this team? that clearly will have them on the road to being the number one team in the AFC going into the playoffs.
0: Same great defense. And, you know, it's like a classic Ravens thing. I hate to say this with Chad on the show, to hype up, <laughs> the Ravens, and the expenses of other teams in the AFC North. But you have to be impressed with what the Ravens are doing. Mike McDonald did a great job. And I'll tell you what, they have so many players on that defense who are either young players who have taken a step up, like Kyle Hamilton and Justin Matabike, or you have guys who have come in from other places who are playing better in Baltimore than they were elsewhere. JPN Clowney was a guy who was on the street until mid-August. He's been a key player for them. Arthur Mullet was a guy who was bouncing around the league, a special teams player. He's been a very solid quarterback for them this season. You have guys like Kyle Noy, again, a guy who was on the street for most of the year, most of the offseason. season think he signed in the beginning of the year. He's a viable pass rusher for them and a viable veteran on the edge, and to me that's the mark of a good coach. When you can take you know, players from elsewhere and make them better once you get them under your wing, it shows what you can do. To me, the only concern about the Ravens is they have a habit of beating themselves, right? If you right. think about their three losses this year, yep. Colts, Steelers, Browns, all games where they dropped passes, fumbled the football, made mental mistakes, to me the most dangerous team in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens, and the biggest danger to the Baltimore Ravens are
1: the Baltimore Ravens. Great stuff as always by an FOS friend of the show. He is the Bill Barnwell ESPN NFL writer. Great follow on Twitter at Bill Barnwell, also the host of the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. Joining Freddie Cohen and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry. Bill, always appreciate you, my brother. Have a great holiday as well. Take care and be well, my man. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Outstanding Thanks, stuff Bill. by him, no doubt about that. By the way, hit us on Twitter anytime you want. Chad's handle Chad ChadBrown94, my handle at Coleman ESPN. So where are we putting the Ravens? and the 49ers when it comes to hot or not, or are they even there? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm Alex
0: Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the
1: app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Join me, Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on X and Channel 80. And I always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. That has you covered with the NBA on Christmas Day. Plenty of coverage, plenty of basketball, and plenty of you. Starting at eleven thirty Eastern Time with Bucks and Knicks, and many followed by Warriors and Nuggets. ESPN Radio NBA on Christmas Day. Join us in about six days. We're going to bring in our producer, Devin Kane. We're going to do a little NFL stuff called Hot or Not, meaning if we think it's good, that means it's got that heat. And if it's not, that means it's cooler, in the words of the late great Stuart Scott, than the other side of the pillow. So my man, Devin Kane, let's do a little NFL Hot or Not right now on ESPN Radio. All right, Freddie, you're up first, birthday boy. (laughs) Thank you very much. You're just saying it because you know I'm older than dirt. You're just relishing that, don't you?
0: 32, right?
1: Add a decade and another decade. (laughs) All right, let's get going. The Chiefs will return
0: to the Super Bowl because – will not return, excuse me, mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl because of their wide receivers. Is that hot or not?
1: Oh, that's completely hot. And at a certain point now, you lost one of your wide receivers, Sky Moore, for the rest of the year with a knee injury, which means you really will have to try to align Kadarius Toney or try to find ways to succeed without him. So to me, Chad, that's definitely a hot topic with the Kansas City Chiefs.
3: It's so hot, it's lava. You know how lava just flows <laughs> down and it destroys everything in its path. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's how hot <laughs> this one is. This, this wide receiver core from the Chiefs have the best quarterback on the planet, and they just cannot help this guy out. Outside of Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes has no one reliable to throw the football to. Uh, these guys have disappointed in so many different ways throughout the season. I talked about your greatest ability being your availability. Now Sky Moore not being available for this team. Yeah, this that position room, that group, will be the reason why the Chiefs do not repeat as
0: Super Bowl champions. All right, Chad. Kevin Stefanski should be the front runner for Coach of the Year. Is that hot or not? Ooh. That is
3: not hot. Uh, the, the Eagles now on a three-game slide. The issues have been—I'm sorry—I'm uh, <laughs> yeah. thinking Nick Sirianni, Kevin Stefanski, yeah. Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, certainly a uh, candidate for that. But uh, I'm not seeing him run away with this thing. Nor am I seeing the Cleveland Browns being immune from. Some decisions that he has made that has lost him football games. So I'm going to say not hot.
1: I'm going to say that is hot because he's had four different quarterbacks, and also you look at this Cleveland I don't know if he's hot like lava. He may be hot like coffee. I'll go that standpoint when of comes to Stefanski. But yeah, you can make that case but this team's been able to do with four different starting quarterbacks, that elite defense, and he's been able to get this team right there in terms of a playoff berth and a team that many people that Joe Flacco continues this way. Could be a very dangerous team not named the Buffalo Bills if they get into the playoffs. So I'll say that's hot when it comes to Kevin Stefanski being the front runner for Coach of the Year.
0: All right, Freddie, on to another head coach. The Raiders will give interim head coach Antonio Pierce the full-time job next season. Hot or not?
1: Or? (laughs) No, I'm not going to play middle here. It should be hot. But I say that with not a lot of confidence because I just don't know what the son of Al Davis is going to do because it should automatically be his job, how this has actually looked like a football team that has not looked like a football team. So they got to the playoffs and he moved on from the wrong guy and brought in Josh McDaniels. And of course that failed. So I'll say that it's hot with an asterisk jab because the Raiders organization, I don't know what they're going to do.
3: I think this is hot. I think this is a a, a real possibility uh, Antonio Pierce was a linebacker when I was playing the league, definitely known as a smarter guy. Um, the fact that he has worked for some and been around some really good coaches, Tom Coughlin, uh, Marvin Lewis is a mentor to Antonio. I, I think he's got the right background, the right pedigree, and the right set of advisors around him that the, the son of Al Davis, as you put it out there in, in Las Vegas, will make the right choice and give AP a shot.
0: All right, Chad. The Rams are the most dangerous of the seven and seven NFC playoff contenders. You have the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Saints all in that seven and seven category. Is that
1: hot or not? Ooh, good one. Ooh,
3: I think this one's hot. I think yeah. this was hot. Now we we obviously saw the Seahawks put together a, a great game and get it done with their backup quarterback uh, and get the big win. But I think the Rams with Sean McVay. There's a, there's a belief and there's a confidence there. There's a Matt mm-hmm. Stafford who's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Yep. There's still, still Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. There's some talent on that football team. There's some belief on that football team. And they aren't so removed from the glory days that the culture has been completely lost. They stumbled, lost their way a bit, but I think they are now on the right path. And they're getting it together at the right
1: time. What he said. Let's move on. NFL Hot or Not with Chad Brown here for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Once again, the Pride of St. Bonaventure. Here's Devin Kane. All right, Freddie. Mike Tomlin. Is he on the hot seat? Is that hot or not? It's not hot. It's probably boiling that nobody wants to talk about. Just like that. I'm not saying that he is due to be canned, but sometimes you wonder if a person's message is getting through to his team anymore Like it had been not trying to say that one non-playoff season, one non-losing season should get him kicked out of Pittsburgh. But I've seen organizations say, maybe we've gone as far as we can with the guy, no matter how successful he's been. I'll say that's a little hot with Mike Tomlin.
3: I'll say it's a little hot, but I don't expect the Rooney family to make a change. They've had three coaches since 1969. They are not prone to rash decisions. One bad year does not uh, make them make a a, a move that could upset the the trajectory of this franchise. They will give Mike Tomlin another shot. So it's it's hot from a media perspective for Mm -hmm. the Rooney family, not hot at
1: all. Yeah, they don't make those kind of decisions just because people want them to. Many people wanted them to move on from Bill Cowher when he was not having that kind of success and they stuck with him. Same thing with Mike Tomlin. I'm with you. It may be a hot seat to us, maybe not so much to the Rooney family. He is Chad Brown. In for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. and am Freddie Harry. Jalen Hurts said something last night that was not just a message to him, but to everybody in Philadelphia. That message is next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.